1: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash audio. Visit IXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
2: Welcome in to Inside Carolina's game podcast. North Carolina wins the 13th, 72-64, Boston College and the Smith Center. I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Sherelle McMillan. Folks, whatever reason Boston College play some ugly basketball in the Smith Center.
3: Yeah, uh, defensively, I think was the issue for UNC when you talk about ugly. There was a stretch there in the second half where they just could not get a stop. You know, um, they go to nine and zero at home in conference play. It was a win that they should have, that they had to have. So, I think the top line is that they won, and just like we said last year after the Boston College game, it's one we'll never think about again we'll have no memories of, and, and we move on to Saturday when they play in T-State. Um, I think that's kind of the top line for me is that they won. It wasn't pretty, but they won.
2: Yeah, a win is a win is a win. That's all that matters. Armando Baycott, R.J. Davis, and Caleb Love lead the way um, to get this win. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, overall. I felt like it was sort of a microcosm of the season. It seems like we're reliving, reliving these um Every time Carolina takes the court, they have success. They look really good. Then they stop doing whatever they were doing to have success, and they look really bad. Um, it filters down to the players. Uh, I mean, we can talk about the usual suspects, but they don't play well. I just think Carolina makes this game so difficult—the game of basketball, Sheryl. When they do not feed Baycott every single time, they did it, had success. They quit doing it, didn't have success, and then they go back to it. I mean, it, it's. Somebody's rolling, turning over in their grave, um, thinking about a big man like Baycott not touching it every single time. But what you think?
3: Yeah, it's it's frustrating with this team. I think the issue is um, you, you expect it to be better than it is because of how much experience they have, and you expect an experienced team to be able to you know close the team out. They know that if you let them hang around, then eventually, like it did, the lead will get down to one. And so it was just chatting with people, you know, during the game. It was like every time it got up to seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, you know, they would kind of go into one of their little three minutes without a field goal funks where BC would, you know, hit a two free throws, get a layup. And before you know it, it's back down to five. And then Carolina's focused for two minutes and it gets back to 10 or 11 and then back down, it goes to seven, you know, and uh, you expect more from that from a team, uh, this experience, you expect them to be able to uh, put the team away, uh, you know, great teams when you get to 10, you know, maybe it gets down to eight, but then you have a 10-0 run, you get it to 18, and the game's over. And it seems like that's where they're missing, just that ability, that last kind of finishing move, so to speak, to to close out teams. And that's been a that's been a theme all year. That's why they lost to uh, Iowa State. They had them beat. Uh, you know, you talk about Virginia. You know, they were up seven in the second half. Uh, so it's just I don't think we're quite able to reconcile exactly what the issue is. And, and maybe it is just that they go away from Baycott for too long. Um, but yeah, that is concerning as you, as you move forward and maybe this is the kind of game, um, last week or Saturday against Louisville where they started off slow and, and they eventually blew them out tonight where they kind of let them hang around and then, you know, knocked them out. Maybe they can start to develop that, uh, as they continue through ACC play.
2: Yeah. The thing that's scary if you're a North Carolina fan watching that is if, if you do that in the tournament. The season ends, and, and that's what everybody's talking about. This team's gearing towards. We saw that almost happen against a Baylor team, but alas, we're not there yet. Uh, give some credit to Boston College, too. I mean, those dudes were scrappy, and I kind of liked – I'm an old-school basketball guy, so I kind of liked the Quentin Post-Amondo-Baycott battle um, going in there. Post White, trying to draw charges, White and flopping and all that. What would you think of Baycott's ability? Post is not the most uh, – talented post player but I mean he's pretty good and he had 17 and five he probably could have some more rebounds being that big and he only played 20 minutes what do you think of Baycott's performance against the big
3: uh, I, I thought it was fine I, I really think Baycott likes that because there are a lot of times where guys try to get under him they put you know every high school team you, you've ever had has the football player who's just six eight and he's like 280 pounds and he's all muscle Baycott I feel like goes against a lot of those guys and he doesn't have typically people who are you know his size you know six ten, six eleven, seven foot so I think for him it, it's it's fun because he can actually play his game and then he can defend um in ways that he doesn't like to be defended you know that, I think I think that's a good thing for him um I would have liked to seen him get more shots to your point I mean he was eight for 11 and I know some of those you know he got fouled on, on you know a few times six seven free throws but 11 shots when he's playing as well as he is just isn't enough it, it reminds me of um <clears throat> the, the 2005 championship game not just this one game but in general you know Sha may is destroying people and i think he only had 10 shots officially in the championship game it's like just feed him the ball is he should there shouldn't be a game again this season unless the defense is doing something very odd schematically where baycock gets less than 15 shots it just shouldn't happen because he's that much of an advantage uh, i think he's the front runner for acc player of the year now he's got all these uh historical numbers that he's going to pass soon and you just have to ride that until everyone else can kind of come along rj davis has started to come along you know he's played really well since the beginning of the year uh the beginning of the calendar year and you hope that caleb love can come along too and you know he showed some signs but you know still work in progress
2: yeah love seven for 18 two for ten on threes ish hit some big shots made some nice plays um Really surprised he didn't get a technical on that dunk from Teddy Valentine uh, there. But that was a little something different. So, you know, he's got to shoot it better from three, obviously. But you mentioned R.J. Davis, and Hubert mentioned that on his weekly ACC Zoom, that he's finally gotten healthy. Um, He was banged up on that hand early in the year. R.J. Davis is the key. We've talked about him. I mean, Baycott is the is the monster. Sean Crawley in the chat says a beast, and I agree with that. But R.J. Davis – I think this team goes where he goes as long as love doesn't shoot him out of it, which is certainly possible, but just sort of talk about RJ's um, evolution. His shooting percentage was terrible to start and now it's sort of creeped back um, in line where he was last year.
3: I think it's efficiency. Uh, His three point shot to your point has come along and he just looks like super confident. Like right now, It's the opposite of what Caleb is. Caleb Love is. If you look at Caleb, not I'm not trying to be body language guy because that's not who I am, but you can see when someone is confident playing basketball, you see someone who hopes their shots go in versus someone who expects their shot to go in. And RJ is the former right now. I mean that that step back he hit. uh, I think it was the second one from the right wing. There was no hesitation. There was no thought. He just. It was like he was by himself in the gym. Um, So I think just being able to do that has helped. Um, And then, you know, he's I think he's learning that when you feed Armando Bacot the ball, good things happen because, you know, to someone's point, Bacot had three assists in the game. I don't know if any of them were particular to Davis, but over the stretch where uh, really since Georgia Tech, where Bacot has become more of the focal point of the offense, uh, he's been doing a a pretty solid job of passing out of double teams. And if you're a shooter like RJ Davis, it's it's open for you. So I think it's more just just confidence, um, his ability to really kind of run the team. Um, and then his three-point shot has come around. Those three things have propelled him from, you know, the early season struggles.
2: And somebody mentioned assist uh, in, in, with a the lack thereof. Carolina had eight assists tonight on 26 made baskets. Uh, I mean, part of that is the inability to – Feed Baycott enough, uh, and then when Baycott gets fouled, you know Carolina counts that as an assist if if he gets fouled on a shot. At least they used to under Dean Smith and Roy Williams. So um, my issue is not necessarily the assist numbers; it's it's the shot numbers for Baycott, and we've covered that one. Him with eleven, Davis with thirteen, and then Love with eighteen. Uh, I will tell you a shot I like to see, um, Sherelle and, and it's something that I think we gave DeMarco Dunn not much credit or not much opportunity coming into the season. We didn't think he'd get it a lot of times, but he's come up and he's played well. And the one rebound he got was pretty impressive, but I just, I think I like his game more and more. I think that step in three that he had, um, I think he could be a factor for this team going forward.
3: Yeah, for sure. It, uh, I think Saturday it was defensively, you know, um, Huber Davis talked about how well he played defense on Ellis after Ellis had I think 11 he was Ellis at one point was outscoring Carolina by himself and from there when kind of done got on him he didn't do a ton after that um, so defensively he can help and then uh, you know we've talked all offseason and even during the season about North Carolina needing additional help on the perimeter to fill that void from Brady Manick last year and P Nance is, when he played has done an admirable job. Um, from three uh, obviously he's not pretty manic but I think he hit a couple tonight and he's kind of in that 1.5 to, to two per game when he plays and now DeMarco Dunn you know usually when he gets an open shot here lately he's been making it I uh, need to look at his three-point percentage but in conference I think it's pretty good um, same thing with Puff he didn't hit one tonight but when those guys get wide open opportunities that's what they have to do and, and Dunn's definitely taking advantage of the opportunities and you, you'll probably see him continue to stay in the rotation um, especially if his defense is, is on point um, his offensive rebounding continues to be he's good for one of those a game I think a, a nice offensive rebound and put back just kind of knows where to be and going back to Roy Williams that's kind of what you wanted of a Carolina wing you want him to be low usage high efficiency you know make an open three crash the boards and if he can do that you know he'll continue to get time
2: uh, one thing I see about Dunn and a couple other guys is when shots go up, they're not standing there looking at the shot go up. They're going to find where the ball might end up, and, and Dunn does that pretty well if, if you watch off the ball and see on the offensive rebounding end. You know, not a whole lot else to talk about in this. Somebody asked the question, and I'm going to give them props. I'm not going to call it up, but George Jenkins asked, and I'll ask you this, Sherelle. And, and of course, folks, this is Sherelle McMillan who is subbing in tonight. Um, or actually is starring tonight after being just a rock star the last few weeks covering Carolina basketball recruiting. And um, if you're in this chat and you're not a premium member at Inside Carolina, uh, you have missed out. And I uh, might ask you a question about that in a minute, Sherelle. But George Jenkins asks, how to better? Li- how does this team better utilize Pete Nant's strengths? I think Pete Nance to me, just quite frankly, needs to be more aggressive, Sherelle. Two for seven tonight, night, two for four, 6.5 rebounds three turnovers as much. It's like him getting hurt has really set his um, evolution, his um, assimilation into this team back a little bit. How can that improve going forward?
3: Yeah, you got to remember this is uh, – he missed, what, three games? So this is his 15th game with this group. It 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 takes some time, man. No, nobody wants to hear that because there's not a lot of time left. This is his one and only year at UNC, but it does take time um I, I think I'd like to see him more in the corner um that way we know he could you know he's pretty effective from shooting three I think he's I think he might have the highest percentage on UNT's team um I'm pretty sure he does uh, with you know that has over a certain amount of attempts like I know Puff is in the 45s with a few attempts and Dunn's up there with a few attempts but Nance has a good number of attempts and is has a decent percentage I'm pretty sure so uh you know see him in the corner more to to draw out defenders to give Armando Bacot more room to operate. Um and then to your point, just be more aggressive crashing the boards. You know, he is six ten, six eleven. So, you know, he he needs to utilize that and, and be more aggressive and trying to get rebounds and and just uh clear out space for Bacot. I think that's a, a real good way to use him. And then uh you know when he's on that second unit, I think you can do the same thing. Uh they've done a lot of stuff with pick and roll and him with him um, from that left side, trying to you know get him isolated on guys and let him back him down, uh, so that's good offensively, defensively. Um, you know, I think it's it's been a struggle for him at times. Uh, it, it's weird because the numbers say that North Carolina is much better with him defensively in the game, but then you look at the eye test, and you know tonight there were about three straight possessions where they just went right into his chest and and uh, post and. Uh, I can't remember the other fellow, but there was two, three guys who just went straight into his chest for layups. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think that's how you have to do it. You know, he he is skilled. He can pass. He can shoot. Um, so I think you have to let him do those things and just letting him get in the corner, hit a couple threes, give Armando out space, cutting, passing. Those are the kind of ways that you, you know, utilize him. Maybe you put him in, in. You know, if they ever decide to do high low again, um, you know, they play Syracuse soon. Um, that's somewhere he can excel to in the middle of a zone um, or, you know, kind of being the, the big up top in, in the high, low set.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name, your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill.
2: North Carolina Saturday at 5 o'clock, another weird time, right in the middle of NFL playoff game. But, Sherell, how, do, how does this team match up against NC State? Uh, I mean, D.J. Burns is a load for State, but, I mean, it's got to be Baycott, Baycott, more Baycott, right?
3: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the answer. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, D.J. Burns has, has had a very solid year. I don't think he's in the same – you know stratosphere is Armando Baycott and I think Baycott's conditioning the fact that Baycott plays so much I mean that's actually going to be a positive for him in this game because Burns is not going to be able to keep up if UNC can get out and transition now the counter to that is can UNC keep up with Joyner and with Turkey Leon Smith um, Caleb Love and, and RJ Davis and Leaky Black um, and DeMarco Dunn and Seth Trimble are going to have to have their best defensive game of the season uh, to be at NC State because those guys, yeah, they're going to take a lot of shots, but they're going to make a lot too. Um, so if you can kind of choke them off, if you can uh, get them shooting poor percentages, then I think you have a, a good chance to be at NC State. If not, and they start making tough shots, you know, it's going to be tough for UNC. Uh, the thing, the the only thing I would mention is that for whatever reason, um, UNC, whether it's Roy Williams or Hubert Davis, since Keats has got there they have great offensive games against NC state. I think it was like, I, I have to go back and look it up, but five or six times it scored 90 or more. And like four times they scored over a hundred and this, you know, stretches over two coaching staffs. Um, so I don't know if it's just seeing those NC state jerseys, if it's something schematically that Keats does that, that UNC exploits, but um, you know, I, I think they are going to have to have one of those offensive performances. Cause I don't see a, a, a ton of stops in this game. I think if you, are inclined to do so the the over will be your friend
2: (laughs) absolutely you mentioned to smith and joiner i mean those dudes can play and if state can get anything from their bigs um it could be an interesting ball game but you're right defense will be an issue for for north carolina we will see how much they buy in to that aspect of the floor they've done it in spurts in the past they'll need to do it a lot and puff johnson had a great game in pnc last year um i believe it was let's see if he can step up folks asking about him and styles and seth trimble and all in in the chat hubert davis plays who hubert davis plays Jalen washington hurt um or not available this evening Uh, and so he was out last question sure what 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 do you think about I've never asked you this directly. I don't think. What do you think about Hubert Davis's rotations compared to what you grew up with watching Dean Smith, Roy Williams? Because it is clearly the NBA mindset of my rotations are based on the matchups, whereas Roy and Dean were we're doing what we do.
3: Yeah, it's it's different, and I think we we as people who have covered you and see who follow you and see we have to allow ourselves um, a chance to learn Hubert style before really maybe criticizing it or, or not understanding exactly what's going on. Because it is different. With Roe Williams, you knew that at the 1638 mark, you know, Tony Bradley and Luke May were coming in for Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks. And then you knew at the 1234 that Kennedy Meeks was coming back in at the 11 minute mark, you know, the starters were going to be back in. Like you could, you kind of plan your day around it. Um, And that's just not what Hubert Davis is doing right now. And that's the other thing. He's only been a head coach for a year and a half. So what he does now isn't necessarily what he's going to do in year four or five or necessarily what, um, if things continue to be successful, he'll do in year 10 or 11. Um, So he's growing as a head coach and he's learning what he likes to do. I I don't know that he maybe fully knows exactly how he wants to 100% use his bench or, or have substitution patterns. It could be a situation where um, right now this is how he has to do it until next year where he doesn't. So I think we just have to have a little patience. I know that's very difficult to do um, (laughs) when it comes to these seasons, but uh, I think what we can tell is to your point that thus far through two years with this core group that he's going to use subs very um, conservatively and that there's going to be a strategic point to it. We might not understand it until after the game, like McCoy, for example, against Virginia, he said basically everybody's like, well, why is McCoy playing? He was like, well, you know, they have big dudes and McCoy was the biggest guy we had left. And it's like, OK, well, in that sense, it makes sense. Maybe um, his play didn't, you know, uh, give the desired result, but at least the the thought process made sense. So that's where I'm at with it. It's different. It's new. Um, but you kind of got to allow, allow him to grow as a coach. And we have to kind of follow and, and see where things go before we can start to make judgments, I think.
2: Absolutely. Uh, seems like it takes forever, but they are only a season and a half into Hubert Davis's time. That's Sherelle McMillan, recruiting expert, been working hard. Um, get on Inside Carolina Premium Boards and check out Sherelle's work with Ian Jackson's commitment. Um, I wonder if Elliot Cadeau can feed the post consistently. I think he might be able to.
3: Oh, you know what? Since you said that, shout out to Puff. That There was a play in the second half from the left corner. He made a, I don't want to call it brilliant, because that's being dramatic, but a really just good fundamental uh, post-injury to Baycott. Baycott got fouled and made the basket, and just just little stuff like that. Um, that's why one of the reasons I really like Puff, just high basketball IQ type things. Um, that's just That was a really good play that isn't going to be in the bot score, but was very important.
2: Yep, I agree 100%. I remember to play a nice little left-handed wraparound pass perfectly to Baycott. Um, it is an art, and it is uh, not as easy as we might think it is, and Puff made a good one there. Carolina beats Boston College 72-64, gets to 5-3 and three in the conference, in a jumbled-up conference. Uh, I mean, Clemson, probably the best team in the league at the moment. Everybody else stacking up behind them. Sherelle McMillan, I'm Tommy Ashley. Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. shirt.com. appreciate the 200 po- folks that have been in here live. Check us out. Comment on the YouTube chat. Comment on the message boards thanks for real
0: yep have a good one okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better